This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder and his co-workers are co-authors of the book P.E. Planet, Prudent Investors, Get Going Young. We're visiting today via Skype with uh, Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. It's an organization selected as a statewide navigator for assisting Mississippians select their health insurance from healthcare.org. So they'll be answering your questions about signing up during the open enrollment period, and it's Tuesday morning, so Ryder is here ready to take on your personal finance questions. You can give us a call to join the conversation. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 7464 or email the show money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, what's uh, financial news in the news? Uh, well, of course, people are going to be paying paying attention to a lot more economic indicators when things get shaky in the stock market like they have been. Um, just one thing, you know, there was last week, uh, jobless claims uh, report comes out, uh, came out last uh, Thursday. And, you know, kind of what people were worried about was looking at effects from the hurricanes because, you know, big uh, natural disasters do have an impact on um, economic news. And that's you know, sometimes kind of a weird thing to think about, but um, these these do have an impact, and uh, not much effect. I mean, things are still kind of rolling along. We're at we're at the kind of historically low uh, unemployment. Um, there's still you know some people you know might look at the underlying data and say, well, you know, participation rate isn't as high as it, we would like to be. But um, anecdotally, at least there's there's you know household formation is creeping up. You know, so some of that is you know people are not working because they're busy raising kids. Or, um, you know, they're just uh, lucky enough that they work in a two-income household. Maybe they're moving to a one-income household, things like that. So, um, so that's, that's, that, that's still good, at least. And, um, again, you know, the market has been a little bit unstable here mm-hmm. the last uh, week or so. And, again, is this time to advise that maybe don't don't panic don't make kind of knee-jerk reactions um don't make knee-jerk reactions is always a grand idea even when it's up very high <laughs> um uh, possibly even more so when it's up um but one thing to do is uh, always you know take it as an opportunity if you haven't had a good uh if you work with an advisor have a good sit-down meeting with your advisor you know um you know if you haven't spoken with them in a while, you know, see, you know, talk about where your goals are, what upcoming transitions you have, you know, are you changing jobs? Are you, are you retiring soon? Are you looking to make a major purchase? Are you sending a kid to college? Uh, what sort of transitions do you have on your horizon? Uh, what sort of, how have your goals changed and, and assess those to see if your portfolio is still the right portfolio for you, because your portfolio will change as your life changes. Um, as far as making major changes now if if you you know 
if 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 you you know have formulated you know kind of outlook about very you know about your stocks about your bonds about your international stocks and if those have changed uh then you can make a change but uh, if it's not you know rebalance you know you're probably stocks and bonds balance is out of whack um but otherwise, let's right avoid knee jerk reactions. Absolutely, and it's always good a reminder. You know, every several times a year, uh, first sit down with your family, reevaluate where your mm-hmm. financial goals are, and then again get with uh, your financial advisor and, and make sure that you're both on the same page for where you're wanting to go. Exactly. Okay, uh, so today we are going to be visiting via Skype with uh, Michael Miner, Executive Director and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. We're going to talk about signing up for health care during the upcoming open enrollment at healthcare.org. Uh, so the Miners, thanks uh, for joining us uh, on our show this morning. It's our pleasure. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Uh, first of all, uh, what is a statewide navigator when it comes to uh, healthcare.org? Well, let me correct you first. It's healthcare.gov. All right, my bad. And uh, okay, and we're with healthcare uh, navigators. We are assistants. We receive uh, federal uh, funding to provide unbiased assistance to those people who may need have questions about signing up, and also people who just have general questions about health insurance. We kind of look ourselves as the directors for people with questions about uh, any of their healthcare needs across the state of Mississippi. And uh, what's the process? How did you become a navigator? Well, we actually started in 2013 when they uh, initially uh, came out with the program. We've been uh, we've applied through the federal government, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, uh, and through that application process, based upon our work and the network we have across the state, we've been able to receive funding each year since then, including this year. And I imagine that uh, anybody could call in and, and or get in touch to try to get information. But are there specific communities, areas in Mississippi that you're really looking to serve and you think are underserved when it comes to uh, information about uh, health care, health insurance, that is? Uh, yes, anybody can call us and we will assist them or direct them in the way that they need to go. However, the target areas that we've worked on have been the rural areas, um, obviously any underserved population, but specifically the folks who live in the rural areas. Uh, we've worked extensively with the faith-based population uh, to help get the word out um, um, because oftentimes people listen to what they hear from their faith leader, regardless of the faith. Um, and then they share that information not only with people that are part of that faith group, but they share that information with their friends, with their co-workers, with their community. Um, we've also focused um, a good bit on college students, um, those young invincibles. Um, and we've also focused a good bit on individuals who retire early and may be a little bit too young to enroll in Medicare. Uh, and they may not want to uh, keep COBRA coverage from their job. So those are groups that we try to work with. Also, um, folks with limited English proficiency, because oftentimes they fall into that group of, of underserved folks. 
If you're listening this morning and have uh, questions about the open enrollment period that's about to begin for uh, selecting health insurance from healthcare.gov, you can give us a call this morning. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Also, right or here, ready to take your personal finance questions. And you can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So when we talk about open enrollment uh, for uh, the Affordable Care Plan, uh, when does it begin and what are some other dates uh, that we need to keep in mind? It starts on November the 1st and it will end on December the 15th. Um, those are the those are the major dates. So anytime within that 45-day range is when people can um, enroll. Um, however, um, our headquarters office in Hernando is open all the time, not just during open enrollment. And then we have some other walk-in locations across the state um, during open enrollment <clears throat> as well. And uh, can someone buy uh, in on the health uh, insurance after December 15th at healthcare.gov? They can. They can. There are certain um, occurrences that allow a person an opportunity to buy um, coverage outside of open enrollment. And that period is called a special enrollment period or an SEP. And uh, uh, there are certain life-changing um, occurrences that will qualify people for an SEP um, uh, when they change jobs and lose insurance, if there's a death, if there's a birth of a baby, a divorce, a marriage, things like that um, create an SEP. <clears throat> Could you help us understand a little more, you know, why, th- why, why, why is there an open enrollment period? You know, why is it so short? You know, why can't we just kind of come and go to the insurance marketplace? What's the, what's the thinking behind that? Mm-hmm. Good question. Well, that's a good question. Well, it's just like you buy type insurance from your job. Mm-hmm. All jobs have open enrollment period. So when the Affordable Care Act was designed, it was designed with that in mind, that there would be a certain period of time uh, of the year that you can that you can enroll. And also the idea was that if you had year-round enrollment in the Affordable Care Act, people just may just decide to enroll when they got sick. So that's why it was mm-hmm. unlimited. That's a great and point. And this overall design of the right, the overall design of the program, it started out with a longer enrollment period when it first began, but the whole concept was eventually go to a forty-five day uh, period. Uh, during the Trump administration, they just moved it up by a year, but it had always been the plan to go to forty-five days because the idea is that people had already learned a whole lot about the ACA. So now it's just a matter of them uh, knowing it's open and coming in, uh, selecting the plan, or uh, enrolling the coverage for the first time. And obviously, when you sign up, you're uh, signing up for health plans that uh, begin in the next year, 2019? All plans end on December 31st, 2018. The new coverage begins on January 1st, 2019. All right, uh, we need to take a quick break. Today we're visiting via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. They're helping us understand uh, about uh, signing up for health insurance during the open enrollment period for healthcare.gov. If you have a question or a financial, a personal finance question for Ryder, give us a call this morning at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. And during the break, think about this. What age group was the least insured in 2017 and who was the most we'll have that information for you when we get back from this break
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspective. Today we're visiting via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. And we're talking about uh, selecting health insurance from healthcare.gov during the open enrollment period, which begins tomorrow. Uh, If you have a question, you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Riders here ready to take some personal finance questions as well. Before the break, we asked you who the least insurance and the most insured Americans were. Uh, the individuals aged 25 to 30 were the least insured, and those 70 and over were the most insured. That's according to the U.S. Census. So we have a caller on the line, so let's start off this segment by visiting with Ronald in Jackson. Ronald, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. How you doing, sir? Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Okay, listen, I moved to Mississippi probably almost two years ago, and I have a chronic illness. I've had like three strokes in the past 10 years. And I was persuaded to move by here by my siblings who were concerned about my health. Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't realize is that the state of Mississippi didn't expand Medicaid when I moved here. Mm-hmm. So I moved from Illinois when I was on uh, Obamacare then. And when I came to apply for Obamacare here, I was told that uh, I couldn't get Obamacare unless I made $23,000 a year. And if I made $23,000 a year, I probably wouldn't have needed Obamacare. But nonetheless, I've had a stroke since I got here. And I had ended up getting, uh, on the health care marketplace, I had got insurance through Ambetter. Mm-hmm. And when I got that insurance, I ended up having another stroke here, and I went to the hospital for that. And Ambetter didn't pay much, and I ended up with a hospital bill for over $3,000. My wife is also on the Ambetter health care on that insurance, and she also visited the hospital, and she ended up with a bill for nearly $3,000. So we sit here with nearly $7,000 for hospital bills, and we're being sued by these hospitals, and I can't pay those. There's no way. I don't have the income. I don't have a source of income. My employment don't pay. I only make $9 an hour. My wife makes less than that, and she works less hour than that. I think moving to Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, was the worst move I ever made in my life. I mean, All right, uh, Ronald, thank you. Uh, Michael, Lottie, uh, any information, advice that you could give Ronald in, in his current situation? Sure, sure. First of all, Ronald, um, we hope and pray that your that your health gets better and that your wife's health gets better. Um, that's first and foremost. First thing, though, you mentioned Obamacare when you first um, started speaking, and that somebody told you that you could not apply for it. Well, Obamacare and Healthcare.gov are the same thing. So, did I understand you to say that you do have insurance now through healthcare.gov? Well, I'm just saying that I, I, I'm, I actually, I have to work. I'm really physically unable to work, but I'm forced to work to make ends meet, to even try to okay. pay these bills. And I got insurance wow. that I employed. And mm-hmm. that's not my concern. The insurance that I got through healthcare.gov when I first got here was Ambetter. And it didn't mm-hmm. pay anything. I guess it didn't pay anything because I got $7,000 of bills. Okay. Okay. So a couple of things could have happened. Um, I just wanted to first make sure we all know that healthcare.gov and Obamacare are the same thing. But a couple of things here. Um, If your insurance has paid out um, what they're going to pay and you're left with a bill, 
that is normally your um, deductible could be included in that. Also, your coinsurance could be included in that amount. Um, for example, there are some insurance plans, de depending upon what type of plan you have, there are some that are going to pay 80% of your medical bills, and then you would have 20%. There's some that will pay 60%, and you would have 40% left. So that's probably where some of that comes from. The other thing that I want to suggest, once you ensure that um, your insurer has paid out all that they're going to pay, Ambedder, and Ambedder is the only um, um, insurance company in the state of Mississippi that is on the marketplace. But set up a payment plan with your hospital. There are people in the hospital that are hired and trained to do nothing but set up payment plans with consumers. Um, I've known people that have payment plans, you know, depending upon the hospital, that are very, very low. They will work with you on how much you pay um, on a monthly um, payment plan. Um, Sorry, Lottie, go ahead. I remember that. I yes, remember that. Yes, yes. Good school bill. I'm not going to the hospital in Mississippi no more. I'm doing my best to get back out of here. I'm not going to the hospital in Mississippi. Okay, Ronald, uh, appreciate your calls. We try to give you some assistance. Uh, sorry about your situation. Hope things get better. And as I think Ronald did mention that he now has health insurance through his employer, so that maybe things uh, might improve. But Lottie, kind of following up on that call, uh, when you get health insurance, you really do need to study and research and know what it covers, what it doesn't cover. Uh, and then you talked about deductibles and copayments, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of research that you really need to do so that you're an informed consumer going in on the front end. There is, and that's where the navigators and, 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 and uh, actually come into play. Um, we try to help consumers understand there are many people that we see who have never had insurance in their life, and all of this can be complicated, and we realize if you're sick, no matter how astute you think you may be on all this, when you're not feeling well, it's harder to understand all this because you want to focus on getting well. So what we do is we try to give folks um, a one pager that kind of outlines in very simple terms what some of these different words mean so that they'll know when they start getting um, bills from the, from the doctor or the hospital or even when they get something called an explanation of benefits from their provider. They'll kind of have a general idea of what all those different words mean. We're visiting today via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. And we're talking about the start of the open enrollment uh, for health insurance at healthcare.gov, uh, which begins tomorrow. If you have a question about applying for health care via healthcare.gov, you can call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Ryder Taff is here as well, ready to take your personal finance questions. I think that you mentioned that there is only one insurer uh, available at healthcare.gov in Mississippi. Um, are there efforts underway and how would maybe uh, we try to increase that to maybe make it a more robust uh, health insurance marketplace? 
right. Okay, but let me just correct one thing. Open enrollment begins on Thursday. That's November first. Okay. That's when open enrollment begins. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> no problem. No problem. Well, yes, our Secretary uh, Cheney has been working uh, with, the, uh, with the different insurance companies, but it takes you know it's a special market in Mississippi. It was about eighty thousand or so people who enrolled last year. Uh, Ambetter has nationwide has really um, streamlined its way it does business, and the ACA actually is a good business model for them. So I would say that if there are other companies that try to adopt a similar model, that they may come back and re-enter, re-enter the market. Um, so we're hopeful that that will change. But right now, uh, as a matter of fact, Ambetter is actually entering some markets in surrounding states around Mississippi because for whatever, whatever way they've done it, they have found a niche in states who didn't expand Medicaid to be able to offer this uh, coverage. And they have done done quite well. We were in a meeting in Jackson uh, last week, and they talked about how you know their marketing, how well things are going. But again, uh, our insurance commissioner chain has been trying to you know invest in working uh, with insurers. But uh, to date, uh, right now for the coming year, we only have Ambetter. All right, so I apologize. I guess because I don't have enough candy, I was all excited and ready to skip Halloween. But you're right, the open enrollment period actually begins Thursday, uh, which is November 1st. And again, it's healthcare.gov where, where you would go for that. That's correct. Okay. Yes. Um, so uh, who can purchase health insurance through the health insurance marketplace at healthcare.gov? Um, really, it is open to uh, many, many folks. Um Younger folks who are coming off of their parents' insurance um, at the age of 26 can come in and apply. Um, The only folks that normally do not um, need to even consider it would be folks who are Medicare eligible. Um, Normally, under most circumstances, once a person hits their Medicare eligibility, um, they're not going to need to purchase anything off of the marketplace or the exchange. And to add to that, is that once you are on Medicare, you can't also have coverage through healthcare.gov. You can only have one or the other. The, one of the big issues that people have is that because since Mississippi didn't expand Medicaid, some people fall into the coverage gap. And what the coverage gap means is that they make uh, too little money or don't make any money, and they don't qualify for assistance. And therefore, even though they get, could get the coverage, it's not affordable for them. So that's why a lot of people come up with the misconception. Oh, I applied for uh, the Obamacare and I didn't, and I didn't get it. Well, you just what they should, what they should have been saying is that they didn't qualify for a premium tax credit or a subsidy. About 95, 97 percent of all Mississippians who get coverage from through healthcare.gov are actually on a uh, premium tax credit or a subsidy. They don't pay the full premium price. We're visiting today via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director and Lonnie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. And we're talking about signing up for health insurance via healthcare.gov in the open enrollment period that starts Thursday on November 1st. If you have a question about that, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Riders here ready to take some personal finance questions as well. 
well. Before we go to our next break, what if a person uh, does not have health insurance from work and decides not to purchase it uh, from uh, uh, healthcare.gov? What happens in that situation? Uh, They can qualify for an exemption based on certain circumstances. For example, if it would simply be too expensive for them based on their income, there's a certain formula that um, is embedded into the um, application um, that would allow them to um, see if their income is simply too low. Um, If it it would cost them too much, I'll say it that way, and they can qualify for an exemption. And, and that's for the people who had coverage this this previous year. After the uh, tax um, uh, reform, there's no longer a penalty. So people who will be applying for coverage in this iteration, uh, they will have to pay a penalty. So there's no so they won't so they don't uh, enroll. It's not going to be a, a penalty for them to pay. They just won't have insurance coverage. But we want to be clear that if they didn't have coverage in 2018, when they filed their taxes uh, coming the spring, they will be responsible for pay, making a, a paying a penalty. Okay, so this is the last year for that, and then uh, beginning next year, that uh, penalty goes away. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Uh, we need another take another quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're visiting via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lonnie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi, talking about signing up for health insurance via healthcare.gov. Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING if you have a question. That's 1-877-672-7464. During the break, think about this. How many people went to the hospital in 2016? We'll have that answer for you and more of Money Talks after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we're visiting via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lonnie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. So we're talking about the open enrollment for purchasing health insurance via healthcare.gov that begins Thursday, November 1st. Before the break, we asked how many uh, people were in the hospital in 2016. According to the American Hospital Association, more than 35 million admissions to hospitals across the country in 2016. So I think that underscores uh, the need for uh, health insurance, and that's why uh, we're talking about this uh, this morning. So um, say someone goes to healthcare.gov, what are some things, you know, on our personal financial, we talk a lot about being prepared and doing your homework and doing some research. Uh, What are some things to keep in mind or some questions you want to have answered uh, when you go looking for health insurance? Okay, well, a couple of things to do is to know their income. Okay. Because one of the things about it, we want to see if they, if you know, more than uh, 95% of the people qualify for 
uh, subsidy or uh, premium tax credit, they need to know the income and they can either base it upon what they did in 2018 or what they project in 2019. Then of course, they're gonna need to know uh, their family size. And when we do the family size, it's based on what they file on their taxes. For instance, you may have um, four people in the home, but three of them file on one tax return and one on the other tax return. So the household size wouldn't be four, even though they're under the same roof, but one would be three and the other one would be one. The other thing is that people should have in mind what they're able to afford. Affords when it comes to a monthly uh, premium, and also as we educate them about the possibility, about the idea of the deductibles and the pre-deductibles, those type things. So when they come in and select a plan, they can have be you know fully aware of not only what they have to pay in the premium, but they go to the doctor, if they have to pay uh, a co-payment, what the, what those things are, and 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 since quite a number of people come in have uh, already seen a doctor, they want to have that information on their their doctors, their medications. So when it comes in, it can make sure that when they get the coverage, that their doctor was part of the network and their medication will be covered on the formulary from uh, their uh, from the health plan. And so that's in general. That's it's, you know some other things you can look at. In general, if they have that thing, of course they want to bring their ID. Uh, so we can, uh, I mean, uh, not the, the ID. They have their social security, their social security numbers for those people who are going to be uh, added on into the coverage. Because we're going to healthcare.gov, we do a consent form because we're going to be accessing personal identifiable information. So we uh, get that and we get that information, put it in healthcare.gov, so that everybody can be uh, identified as part of the household. Uh, do you think that uh, 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 health insurance via your employer is always kind of the first? Uh, you, you, would that be the first option? And would you advise people to take an advantage of that if their employer uh, does offer health insurance? Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and in, go ahead. In most cases, they're subsidized a- anyhow, and a little bit of so uh, will, will be uh, less than because the uh, with the companies be less than what they could do through the marketplace if they didn't get a subsidy. But this is what we discovered: many employers is pretty reasonable for one person to get on the coverage, but when you add another person on it, it gets exorbitant. So what we actually have is have a lot of times where the person, the a lot of times it's the father or the mother who has coverage for the job, but then they come to us to get coverage for the rest of the family through the marketplace. Uh, if we could, let's uh, define a couple of terms. Uh, you know, as uh, Lottie mentioned, a lot of people are not uh, familiar with insurance. Even those that are insured might not know all of the terms or might not fully understand the terms. The two that I uh, that we talked about that I hope that you could explain for us, uh, deductible and copayment. What are those and how are they different? Okay, the deductible is the amount that the insurer does not cover. For example, I mentioned earlier a plan where the insurance company pays 80% and the consumer and the and the consumer pays 20%. That 20% is the amount that 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 person is going to pay out of pocket um, uh, before um, certain things are covered. Now there are there are some types of exams that are covered at no cost prior to the deductible being paid. Um, then I think you asked about a copay. A right. copay is the amount of money that the individual pays when they walk into the provider's office. It may be twenty twenty dollars. It may be twenty five dollars. 
It just depends on the plan that they have. Okay. You know, maybe more than that for a specialist or for an emergency room visit. And sort of uh, piggybacking on that, uh, talk about when you're selecting health insurance, maybe some of the trade-offs that you need to think about, you know, deductible versus amount of coverage versus monthly payments. Help us there understand maybe what you should be thinking about in those terms. Uh, in terms of comparing having insurance to not having it, um, I would say uh, think about what a person would pay if they go to the emergency room, if they're using the emergency room as their primary care provider, how much they're paying out of pocket for that if they don't have insurance. Whereas if they do have it um, and they have a, um, a health home, um, the savings that they're going to have over the course of a year um, Doctor's visits are extremely expensive, so having that insurance to pay part of it is going to make a big difference. And I'll and I'll add too, if you, once you select a plan on the healthcare.gov, you have the different uh, metal levels: the silver, uh, the gold plan, silver plan, the bronze plan. And the silver plan is a plan that by which you can get both the premium tax credit and the uh, assistance with your copays. Uh, so what you're looking at in that situation is a trade-off between a higher premium and lower deductibles uh, and when you're going in selecting your health coverage. But as I said before, since, you know, about 97% of people in America, who, I mean, uh, in Mississippi, who get coverage through healthcare.gov uh, get assistance. So they will be going through looking at the at the civil plan. But just in general, because in this in the Hernando area, our headquarters, we get a number of people who are self-employed and they make good incomes. So it's, they're not going to qualify for the assistance, nor is that going to be an issue for them. They want coverage. So what they have to make a determination on, do I want the gold plan with the higher uh, premium, but I have the lower out-of-pocket costs? Or I want a silver plan, it has a lower premium, but it's going to have a little bit more out of my uh, pocket. So just that, that trade-off. And again, the premium is the amount that you pay each month for your health insurance. Is that right? That's correct. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, people who had coverage from the marketplace in 2018. Uh, what do they need to look for maybe in their mailbox, or what do they need to do to continue uh, being covered? All right. Well, by, by now they should have received a, a letter from or, or it had been emailed from the marketplace, and it's time for uh, the uh, open enrollment period. Their insurance company would have also sent them some information. Um, they can, if they don't uh, do anything, the coverage would can just automatically be re-enrolled. Uh, but they have a choice of maybe uh, changing plans. If they have not received anything uh, to date from healthcare.gov and their insurer. They need to contact one or both uh, to make sure the, the the reason why. But that that was already they should like I said they already have that uh, uh, in hand and will alert them that it's time for the open enrollment period to begin. We're visiting today via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. And we're talking about uh, choosing health insurance uh, via healthcare.gov in the open enrollment period that begins this Thursday, November 1st. If you have a question about uh, health insurance, you can give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Riders here ready to take any personal finance questions that you have as well. So uh, if someone was insured through the marketplace but doesn't uh, act by the deadline, uh, what is the situation there? What happens then? 
Well, they're insured, already insured by the marketplace and don't act by the deadline, they'll automatically be renewed and their coverage will, continue, will uh, resume. As long as they make their first uh, premium payment uh, by January 1st, they can t- their coverage will continue. So it's important if they've had a change of situation where they might have different health insurance needs uh, to make sure they meet that deadline, or as you said, otherwise they're just going to get what they had the year before. True, but there's also another thing to keep in mind. Maybe your income changed. So whereas in 2018 you qualified for assistance and you had a very low premium, well, now, you know, your income is increased, and, and instead of getting the assistance, you don't get an assistance. So all of a sudden, where it was affordable for you in 2018, it's not affordable for you in 2019. So that's why we caution people to not just assume we, uh, that it's going to be all right. So it should come and go through the process and make sure they're still going to qualify for that assistance. That's where we see some people that have some that they have run into some issues on it, that the, the income changes, and all of a sudden, is not affordable for them. So again, that's why if you've not received that letter, you need to go ahead and be proactive uh, and contact uh, your uh, insurer and and the marketplace. I guess that that would be correct. All right. Uh, let's take our final break this hour. Today, we're visiting via Skype with Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. We've been talking about buying health insurance via healthcare.gov. Open enrollment begins November 1st and runs through December 15th. Uh, if you have a question about health insurance or a personal finance question for Ryder, you can give us a call this morning at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email Email the show as well. It's money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the show after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we are talking about purchasing health insurance via healthcare.gov with our guests joining us via Skype. It's Michael Miner, Executive Director, and Lottie Miner, Project Director for Get Covered Mississippi. If you have a question about health insurance or about uh, a personal finance, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Also, as we talk about health insurance this morning, uh, on our website we'll have a link to a booklet called A Roadmap to Better Care and a Healthier You that might contain some uh, important information about uh, staying healthy uh, and uh, health insurance. Uh, So that's an important thing because I think um, obviously thinking about keeping yourself in good health uh, is important so maybe you won't even have to use your health insurance. So do you have some tips maybe on, on preventative things, things about maybe eating healthy, those sorts of things that folks can keep in mind to maybe avoid uh, having to go to the hospital. Absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the things that's so important about um, uh, insurance is helping people understand that insurance is not 
something that you use just when you get sick. It's something that you use to try to stay healthy. So there's a number of things that are covered um, by the plans, um, the, the free preventive services that are so important. Um, there's 15 covered preventive services for adults. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna name a couple of them. Um, they cover um, diet counseling, um, diabetes screening, um, tobacco use screening, um, alcohol misuse screening and counseling, cholesterol screening, blood pressure checks. Um, those are just a few of the things out of that list. Um, immunizations um, for hepatitis A and B, um, herpes zoster, um, HPV, the flu, measles, mumps, and rubella, um, pneumonia, um, tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis, just, just a number of, of vaccines that are covered. Um, the doses uh, for the recommended ages um, and for the recommended population. So those are things to help people stay healthy. And then, of course, there are um, 22 covered preventive services for women, um, including pregnant women, um, some things like anemia, um, breast cancer mammography, um, uh, breastfeeding support uh, by trained providers, um, things like that. And uh, I think that's interesting because, you know, a couple of those things on that list that you mentioned uh, will help you prevent things like the flu shot. But also uh, the screenings are important because if if something is detected early on, I guess it, it might be easier and less expensive. You won't have to use spend as much time in the hospital, maybe if something is caught early on and, the, and you can be treated for that. So very true. Early detection is true with 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 so many illnesses. The one that's top of mind um, this month, um, obviously, because this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, is breast cancer. That's one of the things that is so very treatable if it's detected early. Um, in our state, Mississippi, um, uh, we know that we always try to make big pushes uh, in the community and the houses of worship, but we find that. Um, Nationwide, um, one of the underrepresented groups, obviously African American women, is 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 one of the groups that that die at a higher rate from breast cancer than other groups, simply because they don't get screened. They don't get screened in time, and by the time they find out they have it, oftentimes it's hard to treat. So you're so right. That's that's important. All right, uh, we have a caller on the line, so we'll invite uh, Bill from Meridian. Bill, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Yes, sir. Back in uh, 2014, I think, is when the Health Care Act started. I had signed up for it, and my premium was based on my income. I based it on 26000 a year, which made my premium roughly $300. And I had went to the casino that year, and... They give a profit loss sheet, and it showed my profit as being 120,000, and my loss was 121,000. And you know, you got to remember, I wasn't walking around with 120,000 dollars. It was just a whole year's worth of playing. Well, on my income tax, it all washed out to zero. But when it went over to the health care part of my income tax return, it went over showing that I had earned one hundred twenty one one hundred and twenty thousand. So now my premium 
has went up to, I think, somewhere around 17, 1800 a month. And now I owe the IRS $10,000. So if you know anything about that or any comments, I'll hang up and listen. All right, uh, Bill, thanks for the call. So, Michael, Lottie, any any uh, information or reaction to, to Bill's call? Okay, well, as being navigators, we're not tax professionals. But we also, our second thing that we do for our, our outreach is we are volunteer income tax for sisters through two of our locations, our headquarters and down the coast. What it sounds like he should have done if he had a – if. He should have uh, talked with his. Hopefully, that he had a tax professional with one of the tax preparation places to have them do their uh, taxes. He also can uh, apply for an appeal or uh, talk to healthcare.gov about um, that that issue. So I think the steps would be tax professional looking at how the tax pay prepared and concurrently uh, going to healthcare.gov and saying okay and and or the, and, and the IRS and saying that I don't think this is right or I have a question or concern about it and getting those things done. Obviously, we don't have this information in front of us to take a look at it and walk through, but uh, I think he does need to be proactive about it and not just sit back and, and wait. Okay. Yeah, and so just a little bit of insight into how that sort of happens uh, because obviously, you know, if you have a gambling, you know, what ended up being a gambling loss, you know, oh my gosh, why is it showing as though I made $100,000? Um, because that $100,000, your, your winnings goes on one side of your tax reporting and then your your losses come out a lot later. You can't just net them out and say, well, you know, I had a net loss, so therefore I'm going to plug in a loss. And what a lot of the subsidies are based Based off of, um, and this is just you know for convenience. This is what a lot of tax things are based off of. This is what a lot of calculations are based off of. Is is adjusted gross income, and that's before you do your deductions. So if if you have. Um, you know, so when you have gambling losses, you know, that's obviously a huge, huge deduction, but that comes out later. And so uh, th- that's how that can happen. And, and I would assume, you know, like you said, that there are ways, excuse me, to make sure that that calculation is corrected. Um, you know, like you said, appeals, but that's how that happens. So if, if, if that is the case for you, just be aware um, that that can happen. If you, if you have a year where um, your income, your actual money in your pocket is kind of low because you have a lot of deductions, maybe it's gambling deductions, maybe it's business deductions, what have you, uh, just be aware that that problem can come up just because of essentially what line of your 1040 you're looking at. Um, but that's going to be a question, you know, I wouldn't, I would ask, uh, I would, I would ask a CPA about that, you know, um, not just definitely not one of these, you know, just, uh, pop up, uh, tax preparation places, which can, you know, grind out a little bit of stuff for you. Um, but you're going to need to make sure you, you talk to a professional who, who really understands the problem and can help you through the whole process there. All right. Um, a couple more uh, health insurance related terms to talk about. Uh, what is a network exactly? A network is the group of uh, providers that your particular plan will cover um, at the optimal percentage. For example, if you have a, um, a plan that is uh, that the insurance is covering 80 um, percent, the providers in that network um, 
and not only the providers, but all of the services that are included, whether it's prescription drugs or whatever, um, would be paid at the optimal percentage at that 80% if it's in network. When people go out of network, it doesn't mean that, that doesn't always mean that nothing will be paid. Um, however, it means that far less will be paid and sometimes there will be nothing paid out by the insurer. So when folks are selecting plans, they want to make sure to look and see if their providers are in that particular network. Uh, do most networks uh, have some sort of allowance for someone who might be traveling to another state, another part of the country, and finds themselves in need of, of health care? Uh, yes. Uh, if it's emergency services and everything, it's part of your coverage and whatnot, they will make that exception. Uh, we had a, a friend of ours who was out of town and got sick, and what they did, they filed the, the claim, and the insurance company was able to do it because it was an emergency. Obviously, if it had been something elective they were done, it would not have been, but there is an allowance for the emergencies. So you can't just cross state lines for a checkup or something. One other term before we end our show, and that is uh, we talked about co-payment. What is co-insurance? Well, the other thing is the, the co-insurance is just the amount that, you know, like if you're going for a test of something or whatnot, you, you have a certain amount that you got to pay before they will pay the full amount. I think, uh, uh, for instance, if you go the first year, it may be $3,000 that you're going to be responsible for before the other part will kick in. Mm. So a lot of people assume that when they get coverage, all I got to do is just pay my uh, co-payment, go to the doctor, emergency room, whatever the case may be. But if it says it's $3,000, then you got to come in, take care of that on your, on your, your co, I mean, or you come in if you got some kind of special test. Maybe you got to come in and do a test in your carotid artery. Then you got to put your part in for that before the full um, coverage will kick in. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up wrap us up for today, Michael and Lottie. Thank you so much uh, for helping us out this morning. And a reminder: open enrollment for health insurance at healthcare.gov begins this Thursday, November first, and runs through December fifteenth. Money Talk is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners, and a big thanks to our existing sustainers and everyone who made a contribution during our fundraising drive last week. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Ryder Taff and Michael and Lottie Miner, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms, and we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Monday Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.